for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Week number seven, take your Bibles, go to Romans chapter five tonight. Father, once again, we thank you for an opportunity to bring forth your word. Father, I thank you that truth will penetrate the hearts of each and every person here. Holy Ghost, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge, open the eyes of our spiritualness. Let us see what we have not seen before so that we can do what we haven't done before. Father, we want to walk in everything that Jesus Christ provided for us on the cross. We thank you tonight for revelation, knowledge in each and every heart that we may see into the spirit realm and may please you in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay, Romans chapter 5, look at verse 12. We looked at the scripture in earlier weeks. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now notice, wherefore, as by one man. Who was that man? It was Adam. We found out when God created man, he created him in his image and in his likeness. Man was actually in the image and likeness of God. He really had no issues, no problems until Adam sinned. When he sinned, he opened the door to the curse, opened the door to sickness and disease. And when he did that, notice spiritual death passed upon how many men? All men. Every single man inherited what Adam did. So by one man, Adam, sin and sickness and spiritual death entered into this world. Sickness and disease is of the devil. It is under the curse, and it passed upon all men. God's will is that we all will be healed, but he must allow whatever we choose in our life. Every person has a free will. Say, I have a free will. That means you can choose to live in the blessing, or you can choose to live in the curse. God's perfect will is to heal all. In verse 17, it says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall do what? Reign in life by one Christ Jesus. He sent Jesus what for? To give us power and authority over the curse once again so that we could live in divine health. Say, my days of sickness, they're over forever. All right, go to Third John. Third John, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walks in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Here it tells us that God's desire is that you prosper and that you be in health. Now notice here, it does not say prosper and get healed. It says, but you prosper and what? Be in health. In In other words, God wants you to live in health. He doesn't want you getting sick, getting healed, getting sick, getting healed. He wants you to learn how to walk in divine health. You can live a lifestyle of health and prosperity supernaturally every day of your life. The natural basically treats sickness, but the spiritual will override sickness and disease and the curse in your life. How many know the Spirit of God on the inside of you is more powerful than the curse? Yeah, so here it says his desire is that we prosper and live in health. Well, guess what? My desire is to prosper and to live in health. And I found out that God's desire is to that I prosper and I live in health. Now, is God sovereign? Is he all-powerful? Then why isn't everybody healed and in health if it's God's will and it's my will? Because notice there's a condition. What's the condition? Even as your soul prospers. 
not even as your body prospers, not even as God desires, but as your soul prospers. Many times what we even take in the natural realm simply treat our symptoms. They do not treat the sickness itself. So notice you can take all the drugs that you want, but if you're not changing your soul into a prosperity situation, you will only be healed and prospered as your soul prospers. Sickness is in the physical body, but many times it's a result of a soul condition. Your soul, of course, is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's your imagination. It's what you think. Worry and stress will cause sickness. Unbelief and wrong belief will cause sickness. If fear will make you sick, then faith will keep you well. Worry, stress, fear, peace, joy all affect your soul, all affect your thought life. Sickness is a thief. It wants to steal your peace, it wants to steal your joy, and it wants to steal your finances. But you can live in health even as your soul prospers. Look at verse 3. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walks in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in what? Truth. Notice the greatest joy here, that the truth was in them and that they were also walking in the truth. Now there's two types of doctrine that you can receive once you get born again. One is called sound doctrine. It comes from the Word of God. It's the Holy Ghost leading and guiding you into all truth because when you know the truth, you will be free. And the second one is doctrines of devils. Say doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils come from the world. They come from the natural realm. One will set you free and keep you free. The other will bind you and keep you bound. How many of you know if you know the truth, it sets you free? Then if you know a lie, it will bind you. It's the same as the opposite. What you believe does matter in your life. God's desire is that your soul would prosper. In order for your soul to prosper, one thing that you have to understand is something called the double cure. Say the double cure. All right, let me show you what that is. Go to Isaiah 53. All right, Isaiah chapter 53, look at verse 4, talking about Jesus on the cross. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are what? We are healed. Now notice, when you check this out, it's got the double cure that most of the church doesn't know about. Number one, Jesus on the cross took your sins on the cross. When he took your sins on the cross, he took them so that you could be born again spiritually. He took care of you spiritually. But also notice that with his stripes, ye were what? Healed. At the same time, on the same day, on the same cross, not only did he provide for your new birth, he also provided for you to live in health. He also healed you at the same time. What time was that? on the cross when he suffered and died for each and every one of us. What's the double cure? For your spirit and also for your physical body. You can walk in divine health and you can be born again. Go to Psalm 103.
Once again, we see the double cure here. Psalm 103, let's start in verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities and heals all thy diseases. Once again, we see it here. The forgiveness of sins and healing of diseases go hand in hand with each other. They're not separate. They are the same, paid for at the same time, the same place. They belong to you. The new birth belongs to you. The healing belongs to you, just as much as each one does. All right, go to First Peter chapter 2. The church has had no problem believing that Jesus went to the cross and paid for the new birth, but they struggle in the area that he also paid for healing at the same time of the new birth. All right, 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse 24. Talking about Jesus who his own self bare our sins in his body on the tree. How many know that's talking about the cross? that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were what? Here we see it again, the double cure at the same time on the cross. What did he do? He bare our sins and our iniquities on the cross. He took them so that we could be born again, but he also by his stripes we were healed at the same time. Healing and the new birth go hand in hand. They've both been provided for when back on the cross. So what do we need to do? We need to get our soul in a prosperous area so that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. How do we get our soul to prosper? Go to Isaiah 55. I mean, if you know your soul's a crazy thing, man. It's with you all day long, isn't it? It's just up there working, thinking about stupid stuff, and then you've got to correct it, and it thinks about something good, and you're happy with it, and then it thinks stupid again, and you've got to correct it again, and you just can't get rid of that thing. It's not like you can go blank. It never works because something pops in there anyway. So, All right, Isaiah 55. Look at verse 11. It says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void or empty, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Now, the Word of God is also called the truth in the Bible. Notice when the Word of God or truth comes forth, it shall accomplish that which I please. We already know that God is pleased if you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, notice when the Word sent forth, it shall prosper in the thing where I send it. It shall prosper in the thing where I send it. Where does the word of God want to be sent? Into your soul. Why? So it will prosper your soul so that you live in health and prosper in every single area of your life. Most churches know it's God's will to save, but many don't believe it's God's will to heal. If God's will was that everyone is saved and not one person goes to hell, then why is it that some people go to hell if that's God's will? People don't, don't understand that, basically, once again. And I'll tell you what, if you run into somebody who never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and you think, and they, think they went to hell, you never thought they received him, you don't hear people say, well, I don't understand why God wouldn't save them. God saves some, but he doesn't save others. You know what God was doing? Teaching them by not saving them, teaching them a good lesson so they go to hell. How many know that's a very expensive lesson? 
So nobody in their right mind of the church would say these things. They wouldn't talk like that. Why is that? Because everybody in the church knows salvation's paid for. Jesus already provided it, praise God. It's already there. All you have to do is receive it, and it belongs to you. But then in the church, we have people who fail to receive healing, and they live sick, and people make up all kind of different things about that. Well, you know, God knows best. He knows best. He'll heal you, but it's going to be in God's time whenever he does it. God heals some, but then again, he just doesn't heal everybody. God's probably teaching them something so they can grow in the things of the Lord. But no, we found out just like salvation has been paid for and needs to be received, healing has also been paid for and needs to be received. Well, how am I going to receive? I'm going to put the word into my soul to bring truth into my soul so it will prosper in the thing where the word of God is sent, which is my soul, so that I find out the truth, I walk in health, and I walk in the truth of the word of God. The only thing that's going to change your soul is the word of God. Miracles really don't change it. Goosebumps don't change it. Uh, A little praise don't change it. The word of God is the only thing that will renew your mind to what God wants to do in your life. So it's very important to stay in the word of God. All right, go to Psalm 107. All right, Psalm 107, look at verse 20. It says, he sent, talking about God, his word, and he healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with what? Rejoicing. Here it says, God sent his word, notice past tense, He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Now we found out where where did he send his word? Where does he want his word to go? Into your soul. God has healed. God has past tense delivered. How did he do it? He sent his word. Health and prosperity are kingdom facts, not kingdom promises. In other words, we're not waiting for a future event to take place, so we have been healed and been born again. Those already are facts. We simply receive the new birth, get born again, and we receive the health that belongs to us. There is no reason to be sick. He sent his word. No reason to be depressed. He sent his word. No reason to live in bondage. He sent his word. No reason to be worried and stressed out because he sent his word. How many of you know a prosperous soul is not worried? It's not depressed all the time. It's not stressed out all the time. People think, I wonder if God will heal me. Have you ever wondered that? The answer is, he did. He already did 2,000 years ago on the cross. Well, God will heal me if it be his will. No, he won't. He's already healed you. We think healing is up to God. Healing has already settled it on his end, just like salvation. God has already settled salvation. You can't blame God for somebody not getting saved. He's already provided for the thing. He's already provided for our healing. So we need to let the word prosper in our soul so we can walk in the truth. The word will prosper in the thing, my soul, which it is sent. Now, once again, you never hear people in the body of Christ say, well, God will forgive me if it be his will. God's going to forgive me, but it's in his time. Why? Because we understand that forgiveness is already paid for. Basically, it's already provided. Well, healing is also already provided and paid for 
It is done. It is finished. He provided it. Healing is like salvation. It's like forgiveness. It is a done deal. If provided, then what should I do if it's provided? Well, look at verse 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to praise the Lord. What for? Well, I'm praise the Lord for his goodness. What else? For his wonderful works to the children of men, which is me. What is his goodness? It's not to put sickness on you. It's not to allow the devil to beat you up. It's not to let you suffer in pain until it's his time finally to heal you. What is his wonderful works? Well, according to the insurance company, there are tornadoes, there are floods, and there are hurricanes. But that's not true. So I want to praise him for his goodness and for his works. I'm going to praise him. Why? Because he sent his word and healed me, and he has delivered me from all destruction. I'm going to praise him for salvation. I'm going to praise him for healing. I'm going to praise him for the stripes. I'm going to praise him for the blood. I'm going to praise him for my anointing. I'm going to praise him for everything. Why? Because he already sent his word and gave us all these things. All right, look at verse 22. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with what? So sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, declare his works with rejoicing. Since the works are already done, we should be in a praise and thanksgiving state. The symptom has come, but I know the truth. The pain is in my body, but I know that I was healed 2,000 years ago. So I'm going to thank God that he sent his word and healed me. That's the truth, nothing but the truth. And I'm going to walk in and stay in the truth no matter what happens in my life. It also says declare his works. Say declare his works. So I'm going to declare his works. I'm going to thank God that he saved me. Thank God that he healed me. Thank God he delivered me. Thank God most people declare what the devil's doing in their life. Oh, he made me sick. Oh, I'm getting sicker. Oh, you ought to feel the pain. Oh, you ought to feel the sin. We want to declare God's works, not the devil's works in our life. So thank God that I'm delivered. Thank God I'm healing. You will not praise and thank him for wonderful works if you do not know what his wonderful works are. You won't praise and thank him for his wonderful works if you don't believe the wonderful works that he did. Or if you're still hoping that he will do the wonderful works that he already did. Now, when you're growing in faith, for a while, you get into a hope stage rather than a faith stage. Do you know what I mean by that? A symptom hits your body, and there it is, and really on the inside, you believe you're sick. What am I going to do? I'm going to praise until God hears my praise and heals me. Oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, I got a pain in my body. It's works. Do you understand? If you could praise him enough to get healed, then Jesus wouldn't have had to go to the cross. He could just praise your way out of everything. But that's not it. I'm not praising him to get healed. I'm praising him because I am healed. 2,000 years ago, he provided it. So I'm not worshiping and praising him and pressing him. And I remember when I first started this, <laughs> I was so tired by the time I got done, the sickness and tired were the two things in my life then, praise God. Why? I was trying to motivate God to do something, not understand that he already did something for me. So what did I learn to do? Declare his wonderful works. Thank God for his goodness and his great works. Thank God I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. So what am I going to do? I'm going to praise him. Now, you must know the truth to stand in the truth. 
If you don't know the truth, you're not going to go anywhere. But you must know what's the truth. Well, we found out 2,000 years ago on that cross, he paid for my sins, and he's also paid for my sicknesses and diseases. So when something hits me, when sin comes into my life, I'm going to look back, way back there, there's my deliverance. It's not out here. Way back there is when he delivered. So thank you for delivering me 2,000 years ago. Thank you for healing me 2,000 years ago. Look at verse 22 again. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his wonderful work. Say sacrifices of thanksgiving. Now what is that? That means I may not feel like thanking him. I may not even feel like praising him. Why is that? Because I may have a symptom or pain in my body. But I'm going to praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works unto me. I believe the word that he sent more than the symptom that the devil sent. And there's where you're at, right there, when the attack comes. Which one are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the symptom that hits your body, or are you going to believe the Word of God that's there? If your soul's in a prosperous state, it will lean towards the truth and get you out of your mess. If it's not there yet, it'll go in the natural realm every single time. I mean, no, we don't live by what we see. You live by the things we don't see. What does that mean? You've got to live by the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God till you do see it in here, basically. And that'll be prosperous in your soul. So we want to believe that. Hallelujah. How many Christians, if they sin, ask God to send Jesus again to save them the second time? How many do that? We don't do that, do we? Why? We already know that we're saved, so we just repent and we move on. Well, if you have a symptom, don't ask God to send Jesus to go to the cross again to heal you because you've already been healed. It is already a done deal. Is salvation in God's time? Is it? Is it in God's time? When did you get saved? What age did you get saved? 15, 20, 25? God said, well, I'm going to save them until they're 20. Let's see, 19 years and 11 months. One more month, I'm going to be able to zap them and get them. No, that's not it. It was up to each and every one of them. It was already provided. I waited until I was 30 to get saved. I could get saved at three, for God's sakes. But I didn't find out about it until I was 30. So it's not in God's time. Basically, it's in our time. You can't say, I don't know why God won't save me, because he already provided it for you. His will, he provided, it's available to all, but they must receive it. Healing is the same way. Healing is not in God's time. Basically, it's in your time. When will it work? When my soul prospers. Well, God can heal me if he wants to. He already did. How many of you think God's up there saying, should I or shouldn't I? Let's see. They've got a sickness down there, and they're praying to me now. Should I heal him or shouldn't I heal him? Let's see. Hip. Not today, praise God. We'll flip it again tomorrow. No. See, God got himself off the hook. Do you realize that? It's not up to God. If it's up to God, then you could get mad at God. You get upset at God. You could yell at God. You could scream at God because he ain't doing, praise God. But if he already did it, you can't blame him for nothing. You ain't receiving, basically, because it's already there. So people die and go to hell. Well, I just believe a loving God won't send me to hell. He don't send you to hell. You choose one or the other. It's up to you. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait until I die, then make a decision. Good luck. Because once you leave this physical body, you lose all authority, and you can't make a decision after that, so your decision's got to be made before you leave this physical body. So once again, praise God, is there. And I'll tell you what, every time a symptom hits your body, the devil has a flip shot, big flip chart, brings it over. You have a pain in your chest. You're having a stroke. Immediately it'll come. No, I just got tested. I ain't having a stroke. Heart attack. No, I just got tested. My heart's fine, too. Rotator cuff. No, it's in my chest, for God's sakes. It ain't even in my arm. He just keeps going down the list and down the list and down the list till you'll grab onto something. 
Bursitis, that's what it is. I can't even spell it, don't know what it is, but I got me some bursitis, praise God. It's, it's all over Port St. Lucie. There's a bursitis attack going on at the thing. Whatever you receive and whatever you take, how I many you know you've took it and it's there and then you need treatment for the thing. But notice, God already sent his word and healed and delivered you. And 20 years ago, it was easier to fight off the devil because he didn't have the internet. Now he's got the internet. I got a pain, boy, I better check, see what this is. A whole list of, my gosh, you didn't know you had so many diseases till that pops up on your screen. See, what is that? That's stuff to put stuff in your mind to cancel out the word of God so that you believe you're sick rather than you're healed. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 4. God sent his word. He sent it for us to get it into our mind, will, and emotions, our soul, so basically it will prosper. We can live in health and prosper in every single area of our life. Hebrews chapter 4, look at verse 12. It says, for this word of God is alive and it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Notice the word of God is alive, it is powerful, it will have an effect on your spirit, it will affect your soul, it'll affect your bones, it'll even affect your joints. How many know they're in your body? So God sent a word that is alive and powerful. The word sent is your proof of your healing and your deliverance. The word of God is your proof that you are healed, that you are delivered. It is the legal constitution of the kingdom of heaven. It is a legal contract. So he sent his word. It's alive and powerful. What does he want you to do? Get it into your soul so it affects your spirit, soul, bones, and your joints. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 4. All right, Proverbs 4, are you there? Look at verse 20. It says, My son and my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to what? All their flesh. Notice, health to all their flesh. So the word here it says is life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. Now how are we going to find them? We're going to have to seek them in order to find them. The Bible says if you shall seek, then you shall do what? Fine, praise God. So how many you know you just can't pick up the word every Sunday and listen to the pastor preach, then put it down for six days, then just try to do it again? It doesn't work that day. It doesn't work that way. You've got to be feeding it in all the time. Here it says health. Say health. The word for health here, if you look it up, is also the word medicine. Say medicine. So not only is it health to all your flesh, it is medicine to all your flesh. Now, if you do a study and you look it up, you're going to find out that most people who are probably at age over 40 or 50 years or older, each one 
is taking at least anywhere from five to ten pills a day. Five to ten medications a day. Why do they do that? A doctor has prescribed medicine to help heal their physical bodies. There are different pills for different problems. Pill for your blood pressure, there's a pill for your cholesterol, a pill for this, a pill for that. Then there's also a pill for the pills that they gave you to take care of your problem, praise God. So there's pills out there all over the place. We were watching TV, when was it? The other night, watching the baseball game. And they came on and said, if you have migraine headaches, you need this medicine. Side effects are headaches. I thought, dear God, how does that work? How does that work for you? If one of the side effects are what you're trying to cure in the first place, I mean, dear Lord, hallelujah. All right. Well, that's the way it is in the natural realm. But right here is Dr. God. Say Dr. God. Dr. God is giving us a prescription to heal all our flesh. One prescription covers all. What is it? Basically, you need to attend to his words. Not the doctor's words, not the TV's words, his words. Put his word first place in your life and give attention to the word of God. Number two, you need to listen to his words. Why listen to it? Because faith comes to receive by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Number three, you need to look at my words. In other words, if you look at the word long enough, you will see yourself healed. You will see yourself delivered. People in wheelchairs that I prayed for already, before I pray for them, I could just tell there wasn't anything there. I said, you need to get in the word and see yourself getting up out of that wheelchair before I pray for you. And if you see yourself doing that, then the power of God will grant what's there, praise God. So you see yourself. Some people have been in sickness so long they can't even see themselves out of sickness and out of disease. All right, number four, keep the word in your heart. Be mindful of the word of God. You can do that with praise and thanksgiving for what he's done for you. What are the results of God's medicine? Results are life and health to all your flesh. How many know that includes your muscles, your bones, your joints, your heart, your liver, and everything else? What are you getting by the word of God? A prosperous soul. What for that I can prosper and be in health even as the soul prospers? Hallelujah. Now, the doctor can, you can go to the doctor, you can get a bottle of pills, but if you don't take them, how many know you're not going to get any results? You can take a pill every week rather than taking it every day like you're supposed to. You can get up in the morning and say, I just don't feel like taking that pill today. You can say, I really got too busy yesterday to take the pill, so I didn't take it. Then you can call your doctor and complain. You know what he's going to tell you? Do what I told you to do, and you'll be doing a lot better, praise God. You can't blame the doctor for that. Well, it's the same way with Doc God. Doc God, so you can't say, well, I didn't feel like reading the Word, so I haven't read it in a week. I'm too busy to read the Word, my goodness sakes. I took healing class eight years ago. That should be enough, glory to God. Some Christians take more vitamins than they do God's Word. But notice, you cannot blame God when God told you how to walk in divine health. God's medicine, you cannot overdose on it. There will be no side effects to it. Warning, though, it may become addictive if you get in it too often. When a symptom comes, you will learn about the double cure. It will be in your heart and it will be in your mind. Notice once again, God, i got to stress this because religion has been so strong, but God is offering you a way to live in divine health. He's not commanding you to do it. He's not telling you, if you don't do it, I'm going to put sickness on you because you're not listening. He simply says, hey, you want to live in divine health? Here's the way you can do it right here. All you got to do is attend to my word and keep it in your eyes, keep it in your heart, do that, receive my offering, and you can live in divine health. Now, how many know if you don't do that, you can still live sick and go to heaven? How many of you know that? 
You're not going to go to hell just because you're sick and didn't do that. But basically, if you want to live in divine health, this is what he's telling us to do. All right, look at verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Well, why is that? For out of it are the issues or the forces of life. So the more we put in our ears, we put in our eyes, whatever goes in there will become abundant in your heart, which basically deals with your soul, your mind, will, emotions, and imagination. And what's the problem with something abundant in your heart that's not of God? Look at the next verse. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. What does that mean? Well, it means out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to end up speaking. What you pay attention to, what you think on, will get in your mouth sooner or later. It will either be the blessing or it will be the curse. It will either be health or it will be sickness. It will either be poverty or it will be prosperity. Remember back in the, in the Old Testament when they were getting bit by the snakes? What did, what did Jesus or God tell them to do or Moses? Put a serpent on a pole and anybody that looks at the pole will be set free. Anybody that doesn't, guess what? Won't be set free. It's the same way here. God gives us the word of God. He sent his word. We study that word. We look at that word. We keep that word in our heart and in our lives. What does it do? It gets abundant in our heart. It comes out of our mouth in praise and thanksgiving, and it prospers our soul. Look at verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on. Say right on. on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. In other words, be single vision, single minded. Don't take your eyes off the word of God. If your eyes are on the word, your soul will prosper and you will be in health. If your eyes are on the problem or the symptom, you will worry. You will start to fear. Your soul will not prosper and you will not be in health. People who have been sick for a long time have heard the doctor's report over and over and over. Chances are they rehearsed the symptoms over and over and over. Told everybody about all their diseases. You've got to change that to praising and thanking the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Asking and wondering why a loving God continually chooses to make them suffer and not heal them shows them that they do not know the truth yet. How many know we're all growing? How many know we're all at different levels? How many know a lot of people don't understand any of this? So you're the one who's going to have to lay hands on the sick so that they re- cover. You can't go up to a brand new Christian and say, do you believe you're healed? Well, no, I'm not healed. Well, you should believe that stupid, so I'm not going to do anything to you until you learn how. We don't do that. Everybody's at a certain level. That's why God gives us so many different areas to lay hands, to prayer, faith, this or that, give them the word. But we want to grow up. At least I want to grow up, praise God, into a place where the word of God becomes so alive on me that I never have to mess with sickness and disease again in my life, that I'm totally healed from the top of my head to the soles of of my feet. So God has already sent his word or his medicine. What for? To heal and to deliver. Many try to use the word as a last resort. I've known people who until they got sick never opened their Bible one time. But boy, when you get desperate, how many know that? You blow the dust off that thing and you're ready to read it because you haven't read it in a long time. That's not the way to do it, praise God. Just like a vitamin, you can't take that once a year and expect it to do anything either. You've got to constantly be in the word of God at all times. It shouldn't be your last resort. It should be first place. The Bible says, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The word becomes a lifestyle. The Bible says it will start to abide in you. It won't only be you in the case of emergency, but it'll be alive on the inside of you all the time. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 18.
All right, Proverbs chapter 18, look at verse 21. It says, death and life are up to God. Death and life are if it be God's will. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So here the Bible tells us that life and death basically are chosen by us through what we talk. Death or life, blessing or curse, sickness or health. People say, but God allowed it in my life. Well, that's because you allowed it through your free will and your authority in your life. Verse 21 says, you shall eat the fruit thereof. The fruit of what? The fruit of what you're talking. The fruit of what you say. You will eat the fruit thereof. Well, things aren't going very good with me lately. I've just been down and depressed. Yeah, well, check your mouth because you're eating the fruit of what you've been talking about. Your body and your soul will digest your words. It will affect your spirit, your soul, and your body. A lot of places in the Bible, it refers to the Word of God as spiritual food. Um, if you do in the natural, I'm going to go home tonight afterwards. We're going to eat supper. We eat it late because we have church tonight. I'm going to eat, and I'm not going to sit in the rocking chair and say, I hope that's gone to my liver. I hope that gets in my spleen where it's supposed to. I hope that part goes to my brain. No, I just scarf it down, man, wherever it goes, it's supposed to go. It's the same way with the Word of God. It's like spiritual food. All you got to do is stay in it, and the Holy Ghost will divide it in each area. Here's healing. Here's your finances. Here's your relationships. Here's your marriage. Here's this stuff. You don't have to meditate. I'll just put the Word in there, basically, so the Word of God will do. And whatever you plant, you'll receive whatever kind of seed. If you plant an orange seed, how many of you know you're not going to get an apple tree? doesn't work that day. Whatever you plant, you're going to get. You cannot talk sickness all the time, disease, the flu, and pains, and then blame God for the results that you're getting. Your confession will bring possession. Say, my confession brings possession. In other words, whatever you confess, you will possess. Talk sickness, you'll have plenty of it. Talk lack, you'll have plenty of it. The Bible even says, when you pray, whatsoever thing you desire when you pray. It never told you to pray what you don't desire. It told you to pray what you desire. Why? So that you receive it. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 12. I'll just go back, to, go back to Proverbs 18 for a second, 21. I just want to show you this real quick. Look at verse, yeah, 21 again, 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of a tongue, and they that eat it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now look at verse 22. Whosoever finds a wife finds a and obtains favor from the Lord. It's sort of interesting that he put those verses together, is it not? Have you ever noticed that? I mean, it doesn't go along at all. Once he jumps out of one, it seems like he jumps to another, but maybe they're tied, just maybe they're, maybe they're, maybe. all right, Proverbs chapter 12. No charge for that. All right, Proverbs chapter 12. Look at verse 14. It says, a man shall be satisfied. How many of you want to be satisfied? Come on. A man shall be satisfied by good, by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hand shall be rendered unto him. A man shall be satisfied by the words and the fruit of his mouth. Now, if you want to be satisfied with good, where did that good come from? It came from your mouth, what you were talking or you can turn that around. A man will be dissatisfied with evil by the fruit that comes out of his mouth. Once again, we do not deny sickness and pain. You just can't say, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm a... 
I'm not sick. That's not what we're doing. We're basically speaking God's word in the midst of sickness and disease. Do you understand? You may have symptoms in your body, but what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to thank him that he sent his word and healed me and delivered me from all my destruction. I'm going to praise him for what he did. I'm going to praise him for the cross. I'm going to praise him for the stripe. In the midst. Say in the midst. Now, how many know that's easy to do when you feel good? How many know it's a sacrifice when you don't feel good? Yep. Sacrifice of thanksgiving. So basically, we're not denying sickness. How many know sickness is real? Hallelujah. So we choose to talk praise and thanksgiving for the healing and wonderful works of God in the midst of pain, in the midst of a symptom also, because we're solid on the word of God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 13. I always thought it would be interesting if God did a miracle on all of us, and for one day, whatever we spoke, fruit came out of our mouth. In other words, he said, I hate that person, and this ugly fruit thing came out of your mouth. And you say, praise the Lord, and a good fruit came out of your mouth. I'll tell you, one day of that, it really straightened you out, wasn't it? All right, Hebrews chapter 13. Look at verse 15. By him talking about Jesus, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So now he even tells you what the fruit is, glory to God, that's coming out your mouth. What's the fruit? It's the fruit of thanksgiving. We're offering the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Once again, the sacrifice of praise. Why is that? Well, I may not feel like it. I may not want to do it. But notice, how often should you do it? What does it say? Continually. How many know that's a lot? Continually. Most talk any old way until the symptom and attack comes. Then all at once we want to change what we're saying. We finally find some healing scriptures. We start speaking them out. But you need to offer the thanksgiving continually. Now notice, you can't thank God for sickness and disease. So you won't be putting it in your mouth. You can't thank him for poverty. You can't thank him for beating you up. You can't thank him for all those things. If you're going to be thanking him, you've got to be thanking him for good stuff. For the healing and for the deliverance that belongs to you. You are living by words every single day, all day, every day. Why is that? Because you have dominion and you have authority. The sacrifice of praise, giving thanks to his name. Not for the symptom, not for the pain, not for a chance to suffer for Jesus, but because he sent his word and healed you and delivered you from all your destruction. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 3. Something about when you get into Thanksgiving, it makes you feel better. You know how it is when you give somebody something, they come up and thank you, you feel a little bit better. If they don't say anything, which they don't have to, we get mad half the time. But notice, so Thanksgiving brings joy, it brings peace. Hebrews chapter 3, look at verse 1. We looked at this a few weeks back. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, say, that's me. Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession or our confession. Who is that apostle and high priest? It is 
Christ Jesus. Here it says, Jesus is the apostle and the high priest. Now the word apostle means one sent. One sent, and the high priest means to minister into effect. So what was Christ Jesus doing now? He sent to minister the blessings of God into your life. That's good, isn't it? Jesus is the apostle and high priest of what? I'm going to ask you, is he the apostle and high priest of healing? No, thank God. The first time I did it, everybody said, yeah, you guys are learning. He's not the apostle and high priest of healing. He's not the apostle and high priest of prosperity. He is the apostle and high priest of your profession or your confession. So it's up to you, isn't it? what he's going to minister or what he's allowed to minister into effect. If you're talking healing, if you're talking thanksgiving, if you're talking prosperity, if you're talking health, it's his job to minister that into effect in your life. He is the apostle and high priest of your confession, but you choose how? By the power of your tongue, controlled by the abundance that lives in your heart. You will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So I want to put the word of God in my mouth, blessing and healing, and then I will eat the fruit thereof what's coming out my mouth. All right, one more. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. Now, for me, when I first started studying about healing and finding out about healing and symptoms would come and hit my body and I, and I tried to stand against it and do what I needed to do, I seemed to get up to this point to where I knew he'd healed me 2,000 years ago. By his stripes, I've been healed. Praise God. A symptom would hit my body and I'd immediately say, praise God, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Praise God. But I didn't do this last step. Chapter 4, look at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God and also the Apostle, let us hold fast to our... See, right off the bat it was easy. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Then two hours later when I felt like the second truck ran over me, I healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And after the third truck hit me the next day, I'm healed from the top of my head. And then pretty soon it was, why don't you heal me, God? Why aren't you doing what you should be doing? What am I doing? Backing up, backing up. Why don't you heal me? Don't you love me anymore? Don't you care about me anymore? I don't know why you don't heal me. I'm doing everything I can do. You know, I'm, I'm your pastor. I'm your man of faith and power, praise God. You're supposed to. Now, what did I do? I backed up the whole way. See, I was already healed, and I had to stay on the... By his stripes I was healed, provided by the blood, rather than getting off of it just because it didn't go away right away. And I'll tell you, a lot of things that you believe God for when you start out aren't going to leave instantly. doesn't work that way. It's a progression. It's a growing thing. So you want to be ready when it does. That's why you want to spend time in the Word of God. So we have a great high priest. He was sent to minister into effect. We must hold fast to our confession. And usually when a pain comes, you've got to say something. That's why it's best just to thank God quick. Something's going to come out your mouth. You might as well use it for the right thing. Why hold fast? Because symptoms are coming to get you to let go of your initial confession. Bad reports will come. They're coming to change your confession. They desire to get into your soul and cause you to worry and to fear. The enemy wants your soul not to prosper. Why? Because if it prospers, you will be in health even as your soul prospers. So God sent his word. It has healed you, and it has delivered you from all your destruction. Say hallelujah. Say my days of sickness 
are over forever. Jesus provided my healing, my forgiveness, my new birth over 2,000 years ago. I settle it tonight. I am forgiven. I am born again. I am healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I will spend my days thanking Him and praising Him continually. Even when I don't feel like it, I will praise Him and I will thank Him. He is a good God all the time. And my days of sickness are over forever. All right. Praise God. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.